Hello, this is Ozzy here once again. Um, today we have another podcast out, obviously here. This one is with Dennis Mackhart, a.k.a. D-Mac, and we talked about WrestleMania four, his favorite all-time WrestleMania, and my WrestleMania favorite is WrestleMania 24. So we talked about the WWF tournament, uh, WWE 4, and we talked about Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, career-ending match, quote, and uh, Big Show and uh, Big Floyd Mayweather, and we had also we had um, some fun, some laughs, uh, good times, and also uh, Edge versus Taker as well, WrestleMania, and also we had Triple H, John Cena, and Orton in Triple Threat match for the title as well, so it was awesome, and so here is our conversation. Hello, welcome to episode two twenty six. Oh, Aldi welcome back to Dance on the Podcast today. Hey, no problem. How 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 you feeling today? Feeling feeling better. Feeling a lot better. <laughs> good rest. Almost one hundred percent. Fantastic. Well, good to have you back on the podcast again. Um, Thank you. So, yes. So about six months ago, I believe it was, or five months ago. Uh, we talked about doing a WrestleMania Best of podcast, and yours was WrestleMania 4, and mine was WrestleMania 24, so I'll go ahead and just do uh, WrestleMania 4 first and 24 after that, because that goes in order that way. Perfect, uh, chronologically. Absolutely. So the year was 1988, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, first of all, your thoughts on just that look on that place they had there, arena they had in the uh, Atlantic City. Well, um, you know, it's uh they they uh they they advertised it as Trump Plaza. It was actually uh <laughs> it was actually a, a, an older venue on uh, on the Atlantic City boardwalk that was different from Trump Plaza, but uh, oh, the naming okay. rights and the branding at the time, you know, this was this was at the height of the boxing pay per view. And uh, Trump got in on the ground floor on that. So, uh, and anything they could attach his name to, as far as a live sporting event went, they would they would do it. And yeah. it was the it was the first of two consecutive years that WrestleMania took place at the same venue, which I heard happened that. before I that. or since. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Maybe they don't have anywhere else to go. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But they got huge now, so. Now we're off and running here, but uh, open the show up though. These have a, a huge get, a huge star sing the sing the American the Beautiful. This time it was Gladys Knight of the Pips. Your thoughts on her on her uh, rendition there? Gladys Knight's great, and uh, you know a lot of people like to compare Aretha Franklin to Gladys Knight, and yeah. uh, it's appropriate that at WrestleMania three Aretha sang it, and then at WrestleMania four Gladys sang it. <laughs> right. I think Aretha's in her own in her, in her own world. I think, um, but but night though was really good though too. I thought. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I like that they choose that song instead of the the national anthem because it 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 you know makes it unique. It differentiates it from other sporting events. Oh yeah, I mean uh, it's nice to ha- have a little change of pace. I guess you know when you do the opening opening song there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so. We start things off with a battle, battle royale. What do you know? Uh, trophy on the line. Uh, we got uh, 
Heart Foundation, The Young Stallions, Jimmy Suka, Dangerous, Danny Davis, The Killer Bees, Hillbilly Jim, uh, Harley Race, Organimal Steel, and others I can hear because of, of Jesse Ventura's loud talking over the intros and what they were saying, <laughs> who was being introduced. But um, before we get to the match and everything, um, who are your, some of your, your favorites of that group there? Um, in that battle royal, some of my favorites, obviously, I'm a huge Bret Hart mark. So, uh, Bret Hart, Bret Hart, um, Ken Patera was one of my all time favorites from that time period. Okay. Um, some of the, some of the lesser known tag teams too, you know, like, uh, um, the, the killer bees, like you mentioned, uh, the young stallions, um, Uh, and Harley race, you know, was just a legitimate tough guy. If, if, uh, if you go back to other people's podcasts and listen to to stories about Harley race on the road in the seventies and eighties, he's probably one of the toughest men that ever lived. No doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now in the match here, Bret Hart and the bad news and bad news took out the junkyard dog. It ended with uh, the bad news tossing mm-hmm. hit, Hitman over the rope, and his prize is a life size trophy. Mm-hmm. Then uh, uh, Brett attacks him and then uh, breaks the flimsy trophy. Your thoughts on uh, mm-hmm. those events there perspired? Well, um, you know, that was uh, the, there, there was a lot going on there. I mean, uh, it, it, it was a good way to get a lot of guys on the show who otherwise wouldn't have been on the show. Yeah. Um, it was, they were trying to push bad news. Brown as almost the, uh, the up and coming number one, bad guy. And, uh, right. so, um, you know, back in, back in the day when they didn't have 20 titles, um, <laughs> th- that was kind of, that's kind of how they would give someone a, a career push is have, a battle royal or back in the day when the royal rumble the only the only prize was the bragging rights uh or king of the ring king of the ring yeah um so so it was a good way to a good way to start the show because battle royals i mean they're always interesting just because there's enough people in there to to maintain your interest and um yeah good good opening match yep and now We'll have perspired here is a WWF uh, at the time uh, championship tournament, which is actually very cool. Um, first match we have here is Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, is, is it knowing? Oh, versus <laughs> Ted DBS, the million dollar man. Your thoughts on the matchup? So, um, I really liked the concept of the tournament because it was a, it was a cool thought that whoever won the title would really have to earn it. The title had been vacated. So um, the big, you know, 16 man, I believe tournament to, uh, to determine who the new champion was going to be meant that whoever it was had to win four matches, unless it was someone from the, uh, the second rank as uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre, the giant got a, uh, a first round buy, which we'll talk about later. Uh, sure. But yeah, I mean, it uh, it was a good way to 
sell the concept of whoever wins the title deserves it because they were going to have to win multiple matches that night. They would have yeah. to adapt their style. They would have to, uh, they would have to, um, it, it, it would require a lot of stamina, a lot of skill. So, um, but then, yeah, you, uh, there were some filler wrestlers in there and, uh, yes. I would call Jim Duggan a, a, his entire career as a fill-in right. wrestler. <laughs> That's sad to say, but you made a good career out of it, though. <laughs> now, Ted DiBiase surprisingly advances without outside help from Under the Giant. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Ted uh, advancing the first round there over Jim? Well, I mean, almost a given uh, Ted. Ted DiBiase was the the storyline reason why the title was vacated to begin with. So um, it, it just kind of seemed natural that he was probably going to go far in the tournament. Back in yeah. b- back when it first happened, I remember a lot of people really believed he was going to win the whole thing, and that was mm. how they were setting it up storyline wise. But uh, yeah, clean win for Ted DiBiase, which, um, like like you said, not expected. But again, if if this person's going to go far in the tournament, they have to sell them as a true athlete. Exactly, and then for that we have uh, Dino Bravo versus The Rock, Don Morocco. Uh, the Rock wins by DQ with an official being knocked out. He will face. Can you ask your thoughts on uh, on that one there? So that match uh, is two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Really? Yes. And uh, and part of the reason why WrestleMania four, actually most of the reason why WrestleMania four was was my favorite WrestleMania of all time is because it was kind of like a changing of the old guard. Like this right. is this is the last WrestleMania where we saw a lot of the um, the 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 people who are synonymous with the early days of, of WWF. So uh, yeah. it was uh, Don Morocco's last appearance. His manager, superstar Billy Graham, former WWF champion himself, last appearance. British Bulldogs' last appearance. Uh, wow! Yeah, just. Um, a lot of really heavy hitters from the early days of, of when I remember first starting to watch um, are, are represented in there. And so, I mean, short little match, uh, two guys, very similar physiques, very similar wrestling styles. Um, Dino Bravo, I think, was always kind of an underrated bad guy. And Don Morocco yeah. was kind of in the twilight of his career at this point. But uh, – yeah. S- still, still a big personality. Still a, a, a powerful looking guy. So, Absolutely. not not the best ending to a match between two people who I like so much, but uh, a right. good a good way to show off their their various skills and and move the story along. Oh yeah, not about that. Now, Seattle, Seattle's own Greg Valentine, Hammer the Valentine uh, versus Rookie the Dragon, the Steamboat Hall of Famer. Also, a possible murderer as well, but uh, Steamboat. Thing, yeah, he's yeah, he's a uh, he's a. Uh, I'm not sure you heard about it, but 
Beards are back. He's he's uh, linked to a murder, but they weren't they able to prove it. Prove it was him, though. But they think it was him. Oh, I know. I know. Superfly Jimmy Snuka was uh, linked to a murder, but I hadn't heard anything about Steamboat. Maybe it was Snuka. Maybe I have the wrong guy. You know, maybe I do have the wrong guy. But yeah, so I apologize for that. That's the case. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that because I may be wrong too. There's God knows that a lot of wrestlers were into some salacious things. There could be more than one. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But uh, one thing I, no- I noticed in this match was that pretty common in, in the early years is a guy gets hit in the sta- hit gets hit. He stands, then he falls face first. Oh, Greg <laughs> Valentine. <laughs> For dramatic event, your thoughts on on that whole spiel? um retrospectively it's pretty silly yeah and um i think the person we can almost single-handedly blame for that is someone who we are doubtless gonna spend a lot of time on later in this podcast and that is rick yeah yeah yep 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 um absolutely and because i think he was the one who kind of popularized that 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 kind of timber fall back in the old NWA days yeah yeah absolutely and your thoughts on Greg Valentine pulling it out at the end to advance the next round uh you know Greg Valentine solid wrestler um he was one one of those guys who frequently in the 70s and 80s would go 40 minutes in a match where the one hour time limit and Right. You just you don't see that anymore. The uh, the action fast and furious. People's attention spans are too short. Right. The YouTube era and all that stuff. Exactly. But uh, yeah, good win for Greg Valentine. And if I'm not mistaken, it's one of the only times where he had a big high profile win without using his uh, figure four leg lock. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. You, you know, now that we're talking about this, you know, kind of, I'm thinking out loud here. I feel yeah. like because WWF at the time wasn't able to uh, to get Ric Flair under contract, they just made their own Ric Flair with Greg Valentine. Oh, maybe. Got maybe. a bleach, got a bleach blonde guy whose finisher is the figure four, and he does a lot of those same moves as far as the the chops and the flops. <laughs> oh, wow, that's very similar. Yes, absolutely. The the the, the rhinestone robe and everything. Hey. <laughs> I, I think I'm on to something here. I think you are. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I think, fantastic. yeah, I think he's the uh, the the dollar store brand Ric Flair, <laughs> which in its great. own way is not fair to Greg Valentine because he has a legacy, his own former Intercontinental Champion, former Tag Team Champion. Um, yeah. But uh, I digress. <laughs> Absolutely, and he's also from here too, he's from yeah, Seattle, Washington. Yes, he is. I was like, "Whoa, okay, alrighty, boys." I'm at my own guy, I go for my own guy now. So, represent, but uh, exactly represent the 206. <laughs> uh, but uh, the nat- the, nat- the next match that we have is the natural Bruce Reed uh, versus the Macho Man Randy Savage, and no shock to my surprise, the Macho Man advances to the next round. Your thoughts on that one there? Great match. Um, good, good ending with. Uh... Uh, Butch Reed um, putting the bad mouth on Miss Elizabeth and getting distracted, and that's how he loses the match. Uh, because I know going into that WrestleMania, a lot of people 
questioned why Randy Savage would have a female manager when all the other managers at the time were men. And, right. and then uh, uh, I think Jesse Ventura even mentions it in the, uh, in the commentary that, uh, you know, had she not been there to distract Butch Reed, not even intentionally, right? that, uh, that, that, that benefited Randy Savage. And, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's hard to think about it now through the filter of history because it was so long ago. Um, yeah. you know, it makes me feel old even talking about it, but it was <laughs> it was so long ago that um, people don't realize that uh, Randy Savage was popular star in wrestling at that time, even hmm. more than Hogan, just because really? by this time Hogan had been kind of rammed down the fans' throats for so oh, long. Right. Good point. Uh, Good point there. Yeah. He won at every pay-per-view that people were just looking for something different. And uh, yeah. so Randy Savage was kind of the uh, the rock or the Steve Austin of his time where he he didn't always have, have a belt, but uh, he, he got the biggest fan response. When, when you look out into the crowd, you see just as much Macho Man merch as you did Hogan. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no surprise at that time that he was going to, carry that first round exactly and then uh we also have um we have the, the one-man gang versus bam bam bigelow the one-man gang wins in a count out with help from his manager uh your thoughts on that one yeah uh, you know two of the two of the more underrated big guys i would definitely say bigelow though is the better athlete because he, he rolls on his back he, he rolls on all that all that yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, flying headbutts and uh, cartwheels and that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, definitely one of the more mobile, large guys. Exactly. Um, now, this match coming up here uh, was a pretty good match, actually. Uh, we have Ravishing Rick Rude versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, first thing here, though is who has the best stash at the time in the time there? Oh, ooh, uh, gotta give it to Rick Rude. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a better 80s stash. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it was, it was more well, well groomed. It looked well -groomed. More, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little more Magnum PI than Jake the Snakes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and you know, there's there's an extreme likelihood Jake's Jake's stash had a mound of coke in it. So, oh, God. As, yeah. as someone who does not partake, I'm I'm gonna right, give right. Rick the win there. Exactly. And also, uh, what do you think of the lost art nowadays of the very lax pin covers from from this era? Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, uh, one of the things when you go back and you rewatch those old pay-per-views, you'll you'll yeah. hear someone like a Gorilla Monsoon or a uh, or a Ventura comment on it. Oh, you're not going to pin such and such that way with that nonchalant cover, <laughs> right? Exactly, and it is. You're right. It's a lost art. Actually, <laughs> I love doing that. I love the nonchalant. You know the flared for, for the dramatic you know the the just the 
Dolph, Dolph, you know, like like the Dolph Ziggler, I guess, pins they have. He's like, you know, he like relaxes himself and all and all that all that stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, like almost almost an insult to the opponent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, this is actually a draw. Um, so they so they uh, bout. So the wild one there. It's a draw. So that's interesting. Wrestled to uh, the time limit. Something again that you don't see very often. Exactly. And now we have uh, Ultimate Warrior versus Hercules. And the Warrior shockingly gets the win. And Hercules <laughs> tried choking out the Warrior with a chain. So your, your uh, thoughts there? Uh, you know, it was, it was every Ultimate Warrior match ever. You know, with uh, him running down to the ring, him hitting five moves, and that was pretty much the end of it. Uh, yep. It did go on a little longer than, than some of those early Warrior matches, but still at the same time, like you said, not surprisingly. Um, right. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, Vince McMahon was just in love with that guy. Gave him opportunity after opportunity and push after push. So yeah. I'm I'm honestly surprised to have seen him in such a low profile match on the card. Right now, this next one we have here, we talked earlier about Hulk Hogan and Andre Giant. They had the first round buys, but now they're playing each other. It's actually because it's like a like a great match, but it's like in the first round, first couple rounds though. So mm. it's Hulk versus Andre, and this one is actually a pretty interesting <laughs> match. How it went down. DiBiase hit Hulk in the back with a chair, and then Hogan hit Andre with a chair, and then Andre hit Hogan with a chair, and then Hogan suplex Virgil, and then Hogan body slams Andre. But both men have been disqualified. Everyone um, got yeah. Thoughts on this wild on this wild match here? Um, it 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 served its purpose. Um, yeah, you know it. Uh, they they had to they had to find a way to um, get both of those because I mean obviously on paper those two are the odds on favorite to win the whole tournament. Oh no doubt, no so, doubt about it. So they had to find a way to write them both out of it, uh, right? Masterfully done. And I mean the main event from the year before was WrestleMania or at WrestleMania three was Hogan Andre, right? And, yeah. and you know you always always run into a kind of a, 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 a tricky battle to have repeat matches at back-to-back WrestleManias. So, Roxena, 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 Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. Right. Well, those are good matches, though. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, at the very least, people got a different match than what they got from WrestleMania 3. Because... True. I mean, we're, t- you know, uh, I hate to say this about Andre um, yeah. because this was in the very nearing the end of his career and definitely nearing the, the end of his, his glory days. Yeah. But I mean, you had two wrestlers at that point with very, very little to offer in the way of uh, <laughs> wrestling skills. Um, right. Kind of both of them were known for the same two or three moves. So to to deliver a match that that is is not disappointing and is something different from those two, then it it is what it is. But uh, 
it, it again, it served its purpose. Exactly. And then after, you know, next is we have the uh, the Rock Don Morocco versus Ted DiBiase. Uh, and Ted DiBiase obviously advances to the final. Yeah. Um, who thought your thoughts on, on him going, going to the finals there? That was that was a hard match for me to watch. I watched yeah. pay-per-view probably once a year, and every year I go back and watch it. It's still hard to watch because right. I was such a big Don Morocco fan, especially that era Don Morocco with the, the big orchestral theme music and the, <laughs> uh, the tie-dye shirts. And, right. Because um, for years and years and years, Don Morocco had had this uh, – this gimmick where he was just the magnificent Morocco and um, it it was kind of like, he was like a Hawaiian beach bum type (laughs) character. So when they made him the rock and you know, they, they upped the production value of his, his intros and his promos and they gave him more, more ring time. Right. Just, just one of my favorites from that time period. And Ted DiBiase, he, at the time, you know, he was just such a one-dimensional kind of bad guy. Like, yeah. I think you and I have that in common where we, we kind of tend to favor the, the bad guys. Yes, yeah. But, uh, you know, at the same time, we want complex bad guys. We don't want yeah. bad guys that are just – we're supposed to understand they're a bad guy because they have a lot of money or because they uh, cheat to win matches. Like. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Like, give me, give me some personality. Give me some. Give me an anti-hero. Give me a Punisher kind of bad guy. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. And uh, we have next is uh, Greg Valentine, the Hammer, Greg Valentine versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, the, that's, that's a, a very bad. Uh, yeah. Macho Man. <laughs> Slim Slim Jims. Nap into it. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good match. Uh, Randy Savage yeah. had to wrestle a completely different type of match this round. It was much more uh, classic wrestling style, much yeah. more ground-based offense. Um, and the uh, the win at the time that was people were people really went crazy for that finish where Greg Valentine was applying the figure four and. Randy right. Savage rolled him into the they call yeah. it an inside cradle now, but back in those days right. they called it a small package. Right. Now the roll up is just a very for me, just a very weak finishing move. But I guess back then I guess it's not really that bad of I guess. Back well then. And, and, and back then it was it was they they put an interesting twist on it because Greg Valentine was already halfway through applying the figure four. So kind right. of the mindset was he had immobilized his own leg and screwed himself over for that pin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then he, he goes on to face semifinals, goes to face uh, the one-man gang, get that in a little, little bit. But yep. take a break from the tournament to the international championship, intercontinental championship. Uh, we get the Honky Tonk Man versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> uh, just a quick take on your thoughts on those two characters as, as a whole there. Honky Tonk Man. Now he's one of those examples of a uh, of a bad guy that I really liked from the early right. days. Yeah, uh, yeah, super obnoxious. 
Elvis impersonator. Yeah. With an entourage. I mean, just everything the guy can do to get on your nerves, he does. Yep. Fantastic. And Brutus had those scissors too. Those pretty, those are pretty big scissors. He had to cut people tear off after when a match or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, the gardening shears. <laughs> yeah, gardening shears. That's what they were. Yeah, he's fantastic. Br- Br- now, Brutus Beefcake is one of those guys who um, was friends with all the right people because right. very limited wrestling skills, very limited mic skills, very limited personality. But he was friends with he was friends with Hulk Hogan. He was friends with Jimmy Hart, and uh, that probably added ten years onto a very mediocre career. Oh, absolutely! He was fun fun to watch, at least. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and at least you know you never knew what he was going to wear to the ring. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, most definitely. Um, very, very uh, East. East I guess in those in those days, but um, Jimmy Hart, who was uh, who's the manager here, he, he he knocks out the official. So so Beefcake decides to give Hart a uh, little uh, trim, and uh, and Brutus is declared the, the winner by DQ. But Honky Tonk retains his tell your share thoughts on uh, those events there. Well, so yeah, I mean, uh, and and this was at the height. Honky Tonk Man had one of the long. It may still to this day be the longest reign for an Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it was through means like this. You know, he realized that he retains the title on a on a countouter disqualification. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's he spent the better part of a year. Just getting himself disqualified in matches. <laughs> hilarious! That's hilarious. And uh, you know, Brutus Beefcake. If we're being realistic, he probably did Jimmy Hart a favor by getting rid of that mullet. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Now we now we have a six man tag team match: the Islanders, who are not the NHL team, uh, <laughs> and manager Bobby the Brain. Versus uh, the British, the British Bulldogs and Coco Beware, and uh, for me, a boring match. Islanders get the win. Your thoughts on this? This one, this, this one here. Um, yeah, I would agree, uh, especially when you had. I mean, you had four legitimately gifted wrestlers in that match. You had uh, yeah. Haku from the Islanders, who. Um, Again, if you listen to some some wrestling podcasts, just an insanely tough guy. Um, oh, wow. Haku actually bit a guy's nose off in a bar fight. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, and both British Bulldogs um, at their prime, and Coco Beware, who you know was was never going to be anything more than mid card, but uh, very excited, exciting aerial wrestler at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of shackled with a stupid storyline where the Islanders had kidnapped the the British Bulldogs' dog. And... <laughs> uh, so corny. Yeah, so so cheesy, and that was yeah. just kind of <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, you're fine. Kind of the uh, payoff for a bad storyline. Right. Exactly. Um. And now we go back to the tournament here. Um, 
now we have the one man gang versus Randy Savage and Randy Savage shockingly advances to the face the million dollar man via DQ so uh, your thought your thoughts on that one there um another example of uh, having to wrestle a completely different match from the other two cuz cuz now it's just a, a a big semi truck of a guy um so Randy Savage a lot of the moves in his repertoire is his body slams and his suplexes, he's not going to do on this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, probably, probably the worst of Savage's four matches that night. But again, the, uh, the feat of, of wrestling four matches in one night, pretty yeah. impressive. It is, it is. And now we have a tag match, team match, Strike Force versus Demolition on the line. Um, Demolition wins with a sneaky cane attack <laughs> that was not, it was missed by the official, quote, missed. <laughs> Your thoughts on that one there? Uh, two of my favorite tag teams from that period. Yeah. Um, Strike Force, I always thought was just super underrated, even though they put the tag team titles on them. Still thought they right. were. Uh, they were not underrated at the time, but they're under underrated through the filter of history. Yeah, because yeah. because individually, uh, Rick Martel and Tito Santana were both incredibly fantastic. Fan- yeah. Very, I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, and both of them were great singles wrestlers, and you didn't always have the best luck when you threw two already established singles wrestlers together to try to make a team. Yeah. Um, but this was one of those rare instances where it was just lightning a bottle and it worked. Exactly. And demolition was the, uh, the up and coming team. And, you know, maybe just a little bit of plagiarism of the road warriors over any of you. Exactly. Now we come to the main event finally. It's a long, long, long path to the event, but finally we get here finally. Um, we get the uh, WWF World Heavyweight Championship, Million, million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase versus the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Uh, first of all, um, how funny did you find the pursuit of, of Vanna White by the very funny Bob Uecker? You know, <laughs> you you may have just said the most eighties sentence of all time. Yeah, Bob Euchre looking for Vanna White. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean Bob Euchre, of course, uh, at the time was was uh, Mister Belvedere and uh, yeah. the 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 Cleveland Indians home game announcer in the major league films, yeah. and uh, so you know just Mister Baseball. Um, and he's the, he, and he's been the, the Brewers' long time rock broadcaster for a long time now. Yeah, broadcast. yeah, yeah. Um, just you know, a lovable guy, a, a good yep. ambassador to baseball. Um, yep. I, I was I was at his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Oh, were you? Okay, nice. Um, his WWE, not his MLB. Oh, 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 okay. I was like, damn, Cooperstown. All right. <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, just, um, you know, I thought I was a little silly that uh, 
at the end he 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 thought he was looking for a guy named Vance White, but <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, obviously been saying the name Vanna and using female pronouns the whole night. So he's a he's a comic genius. He is. He is. Um, so yeah, that was fun. And yeah, one of the little kind of unappreciated moments from WrestleMania for very a very blinking you miss it type moment. It, oh, and is hilarious yeah. when they brought um bob euchre out and did his theme mute they played take me out to the ball game and everything and yeah. he's posing at the top of the ramp and he's pretending to take a swing at a ball and he misses <laughs> it and <laughs> jesse ventura comments i can't even hit a fake baseball <laughs> That guy's, that guy's, that guy's hilarious too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I it, way back at the first match of the night, he was doing guest commentary on the Battle Royal, right. and and just some of the the jabs that Jesse Ventura got on him were priceless. You know. <laughs> yeah. He, he had also been at WrestleMania three, and so Jesse goes, "Hey, Euchre, this is probably the first time you've gotten a contract renewed in your whole career." <laughs> <laughs> tells tells him tells him during the battle royal that uh, if if Euchre were in that match for every punch he threw, he'd only hit one guy out of five since he had a two hundred lifetime <laughs> batting average. Man, he was a he was a gem. He was, he was a savage. He was. He's, he's my kind of guy, actually. My kind of guy. Um, but uh, we'll finish it off here with, with this mania. So. Hulk Hogan gives the million dollar man a chair shot to the back and Savage caps it off with the flying elbow from the top rope. And he is your new world champion. Your your thoughts on the main event there. Uh, good, solid main event. Um, probably the two best wrestlers in the tournament made it to the end. Yep. Um, and I mean, you know, just uh, the the again the the payoff to that because so many people. I mean, you know, a lot more people believe wrestling was real back then, but so many. I know exactly. So yeah. many people were just terrified that the million dollar man was going to win the whole thing, and yeah. him being there at the end just amplified that. And so, for him to lose it to someone as popular as the Macho Man would just. I, I have to imagine everyone in Atlantic City went home incredibly happy that night. Exactly, exactly. Well, so in closing um, for your event, what, what what made this your favorite event for, for you? For, for you? Well, again, you know, I touched on it earlier as far as the um, just kind of the the, the 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 list of people who were at that event that that you didn't see him again or if you did see him it was in a very low profile setting um so just i would say other than maybe like the 1988 survivor series just um a large collection of of everyone who i grew up watching and loving yep um so that that was it for me and just um, i feel like they i feel like they really went out on the uh, they went all out on the pageantry that year did they always do that? Um, not typically. I mean, like, I, I think there was, but like the little bit with the uh, the red carpet and then bringing the belt down the aisle and just oh right, you know okay. the, the, the 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 only year I can think of where the belt got its own theme music and entrance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah.
All right, let's go to WrestleMania 24 now. And, uh, Can I head 20 years? 20 years. Yeah, 2008, I think it was. Yep. Yep. So, Orlando. Orlando, um, Florida. There you go. Baseball. Yes. Very, very, very different venue than the uh, dingy little New Jersey bingo hall. Exactly. Um, and an overcast day for an outdoor wrestling. <laughs> not too shabby in, in Florida. Not too shabby. No, not at all. Yeah, exactly. As long as you don't have a brainstorm, you're good to go. <laughs> so, uh, your favorite WrestleMania? Yeah. Um, John Legend to open. Oh, John Legend. Um, that guy is uh, g- multiple Grammy winner. Super um, talented guy. His his wife is, is stunning, amazing. Chrissy Teigen. She is, um, and she's she's a uh, she she's a character. And, oh and her own, a very funny lady. Yeah, follow on Twitter, Twitter man. She is hilarious on Twitter. Um, follow mm-hmm. her she has some great stuff to say. But yeah, John Legend open the open the night. Uh, just amazing voice. Uh, just he got the he, he got the place rocking and rolling. So yep, the show off for sure. I love that guy. And uh, the opening match. <laughs> The uh, Belfast Brawl. Oh God! <laughs> featuring uh, featuring Finley and JBL. Yes, and our favorite favorite Hornswoggle. I uh, go. Yeah, we we love the the Lucky Charms guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, I, I admit. That uh, until we committed to um, doing this podcast, I had never seen WrestleMania 24. Right. So I didn't know what, what I didn't know from just the uh, the menu on WWE Network what exactly a, a Belfast brawl was. Right. But uh, it turns out that is just a notice qualification match. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, it's like you no know, DQ match, but they Belfast goes of a, a Finley. So yeah, um, so and that's that's something that they've they've done before, you know the um, the the unique name for just a no rules match. Uh, right. I, I've seen that match called a hardcore match. I've seen that hardcore match called match, a, yeah. a, a no rules match, a um, extreme rules match, a <laughs> death match. Different hey, uh, variations uh, around, around the years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, all in all, just a uh, a glorified hardcore match. And uh, pretty much, tell me, tell me what you thought. <laughs> well, first of all, is JBL versus John Bradshaw Layfield, who has the sickest um, goes on of all time, goes on at a, at a Pell, basically, is what it mm-hmm. was, was referenced. And when I saw Hornswoggle come out, <clears throat> I was like, "All right, we're gonna get him involved here." And uh, JBL, as you talked before, um, he's one of those guys who's a huge heel, and he deliver he goes over as a heel, ab- absolutely. And he he took Hornswoggle, <laughs> beat his <laughs> fucking ass, and uh, and, then, and then, <laughs> that's my text you about it. Um, I watched it again for the for, you know again, but refresh my memory. But um, you know when when he got hit hard, and then like. His, his face, or his face was like, oh, like mm-hmm. that. And then 
then then Fit Finley, uh, he got mad. He, he had a couple shots that got in here here or there, but in the in the end, though, GBA was just too much of a of a of a good thing to 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 not lose that match, and because uh, it was a Colton Belfast match, so he had to get that that win, <laughs> and uh, he got the one, two, three, and, and Hornswoggle was very, very sad. I felt that for him. <laughs> Uh, gotta say the highlight of that match, I think, was, uh, um, Bradshaw on the outside and, uh, Finley doing the running dive through the ropes and oh, yeah. looked, looked like he was either going to hit a clothesline or a splash or something. Right. Gets yeah. knocked out of midair. <laughs> I remember that too. Oh my God, yeah. Co- collides with a trash can lid and, uh. Oh yeah, that, that's a nice little uh, <laughs> gift gift there for you. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. So then we uh, we get the intro for the hostess of the night, Ooh, Ooh, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, yeah. who I adore. Um, do you? I do. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, the whole Kardashian <laughs> family, even the Jenners. <laughs> Not surprised. I absolutely love them. And, yeah. But I, I thought it was very strange that uh, this is the only appearance we see as a hostess. <laughs> well, we see her at the end, end of the night, too. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, uh, attempting to do an on-screen interview, but uh, Mr. Kennedy sure. just comes Kennedy. in and yeah. <laughs> keeps shouting his name over and over again. Kennedy! That was hilarious, actually. Which Which takes us into Money in the Bank. Right. Um, one of the more physically brutal Money in the Bank oh. matches I think I've ever seen. Yeah. So, you know, if for no other reason than because I got to see this match for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, good match, but I'm going to let you take points on this. Um, yeah. So this now, who who's all in it? Do you know? I have CM Punk. I know CM Punk won. I, I know that. CM Punk, uh, Chris Jericho, uh, obviously Kennedy. Um, MVP. MVP. And uh, Shelton Benjamin. Was Jeff Hardy in it too? Jeff Hardy? Was he in it? Uh, no. Uh, Matt Hardy made a brief appearance in oh, the match. Hardy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, neither one of them was scheduled to be there. <laughs> Now, this match I might have, I might have skipped over on accident. So can you, if you want to, you can talk about this match if you'd like. So um, just a lot of high points. And oh, Carlito was another one who oh, was yeah. in. Carlito, that's right. A uh, yeah. lot of high points in this match. Um, one of the early big ones was uh, you know they had the they have the kind of ladder drawbridge set up mm-hmm. between the the fan barricade and the ring itself. Right. Um. And Shelton Benjamin took a uh, took a power bomb from a ladder <laughs> over the ropes into that ladder. Right. And you know, obviously, it was scripted because that ladder was set up for no other reason than for Shelton Benjamin to go through it. But uh, exactly, yes. Even even in a scripted scenario, I don't think I've ever seen all six other guys in a match. <laughs> looked so shocked and horrified and <laughs> like I don't know if they really thought that the the move got botched or if Shelton right. Benjamin just sold it that well or right. if maybe the ladder wasn't supposed to break the way that it was but yeah. uh, a lot of guys broke character during that spot <laughs> right yeah 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 
Um, and then there was uh, Jericho throwing a uh, top of the ladder walls of Jericho. Um, I believe he did it on Morrison. Yeah, John Morrison. Yeah. Um, and then Matt Hardy coming out of nowhere doing the uh, off the top top of the ladder twist of fate. Right, and he was done after that. And yeah, so he just in and out for that match. <laughs> But just um, and then there was a uh, a, a three man power bomb sunset flip. Just a lot of crazy stuff going on off the tops of the ladders. And uh, oh yeah, um, John Morrison kind of using a uh, a ladder setup more like a, a ramp to kind of run up and try to jump up at the briefcase. Right. A crazy match all around. I mean. I'm looking. I'm looking back at a at a summary that says that match was only 15 minutes. Uh, I got to tell you, that match felt like it took an eternity, and not like in a bad way. God, when is this going to end? But just right. so yeah. many climaxes that. Yeah. Yeah. How was that match? Only 15 minutes. Yeah, it was a short match, but a hell of a match. And Cena <laughs> Punk eventually won the the bank letter mat at the very end uh there almost almost lost it though but he got it at the very end and this is, is very is the very first match of us main too so awesome to see him do that as well and uh my understanding because this is kind of the era where i had had checked out for a while yeah um i think from from 02 to 2010 i really wasn't paying any attention yeah. Um, other than, you know, when something major would happen. Um, right. but, uh, I, I, I kind of missed basically the entirety of, uh, CM Punk's career. Oh, man. What a great career. Great, great character. Heel. He was fantastic. Yeah. He, he was great. So, so yeah, I might, I might have to, I might have to go back and check some stuff out because just yeah. from from what I know of CM Punk, I do not like him at all. Yeah, but that's just been a few appearances at some pay per views that I happened to see during his his time in the company. I've, of course, everyone with a YouTube subscription has seen like his, uh, or with a YouTube account has seen his pipe bomb promo and. Um, <laughs> So I mean, really, that's all I knew of him until I watched the match. Yeah, I definitely don't. He's he was a very he's a well talented performer. Amazing, definitely would want to watch some of the favorite views if you have a chance. All right, well, I, I have a WWE Network subscription, so I can check out anything. Indeed, indeed, yes. So, next match was uh, the battle for brand supremacy. Two of the most inferior wrestlers from either brand. <laughs> yeah, but Batista versus Umaga. Yeah, oh, this match. Uh, oh, yeah. oh. Talk talk about that. First of all, I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of either Umaga, rest in peace, or Batista. Um, and this match was for me. Is very very stale to me. Um, it was didn't go that long, that long though at, at all at all. But it was just like a thumb a thumb 
like a thumb slash or Batista would like be on his roids and like on his ropes and like ah oh, you know <laughs> all this stuff, trying to do the slam. It, it was just I don't, I don't know. What do you think about the match? I, I I didn't really care for it that much. I agree. Um, very boring. Uh, no real high spots. Um, right. Two two guys who individually can put on some decent matches if they work with the right person. Right, exactly. Yeah. But neither one of them is is great on their own. Yeah. Uh so there was no real well defined kind of kind of leader for this match. Right. Um and I mean I gotta say between the uh the intros, the big long walk down the ramp, the oh. pyro and the yeah. fact that you had Teddy Long introducing uh, Batista, like, and then you have uh, uh, William Regal introducing oh. Umaga. This <laughs> is I, I I can honestly say that the 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 intros and the entrances were longer than the match. I know it's like Undertaker, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But in this case, probably mercifully, because that that's less time we had to spend watching these two guys wrestle. That's right. Exactly. Um, and then we have uh, Kane, who I guess had won a, uh, a battle royal earlier in the night to determine who was the number one contender for the, the ECW championship. Oh. <laughs> okay, yes, 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 yes. So, I mean, first of all, you have a match for a championship on like a third brand that they even WWE didn't take seriously. Right. Um, I mean, how, how serious can they be if they put their belt on Chavo Guerrero? <laughs> true. True. Um, but uh, the, the bit of a squash, this match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically he comes out, King comes out. Chav is out there. See, Chav goes out, goes out first, and he's like doing his Eddie Guerrero dance and all this stuff. And then Kane's like, uh, "Yeah," and choke slam and one, two, three, and that's the ball game, folks. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's a champion. So it's like it's a very, very uh, quick match, and uh, I was okay with it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Uh... Again, how how serious are they even taking their uh, their ECW division when their their championship match is eleven seconds? Yep, exactly. <laughs> but uh, and probably, uh, well, definitely, again, the interest of itself. <laughs> yep, yep. So at this point, we've reached the halfway mark in the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it ended up being about almost three and a half hours. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we get a uh, we 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 get a look at the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony from the night before. Right. Um, always my favorite event of the year because I get to see a lot of the people I haven't seen in a number of years. Yeah. And sometimes they look great. Sometimes they don't look so great at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we, we get the, uh, the little package, video package before this match of uh, 
hyping the Ric Flair Shawn Michaels match. Yeah. And my understanding of the situation is this matches a lot of a lot of the reason why you like this WrestleMania. Oh, it is the reason, yes. So and then so then I'm gonna have you take over. Okay. That's the next match, I assume. The 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 the, the video package goes into the match itself. Okay, so we have uh, Ric Flair, who's been around since, <laughs> I have no idea, he's been around since the early years, he's been around with the, like the regional wrestling days, I guess, as well, all, all, you know, he's like the world champion and all this stuff way back in the day, um, he's old now, <coughs> just about 08, and Shawn Michaels, his opponent, great friend of his as well, actually, off camera and everything, um, he's he asked him to be uh, he wanted him to uh, fight him for WrestleMania and Sean says put my, your career on the line old man he's like woo <laughs> woo see you at WrestleMania woo you know and all this and all this stuff so all the cliches yeah. exactly, exactly and it's it, so it's HBK my favorite wrestler of all time uh, versus my least favorite wrestler of all time uh, Ric Flair, and uh, you know, going going go into the match, uh, I had a really good ch- good feeling that it was going to be the end for Ric Flair because um, he's old and can't wrestle anymore. <laughs> Not that and he one, ever could. <laughs> and one, I, I was going to say one could argue that he can wrestle before this <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know, but um, Shawn Michaels and uh, Ric Flair they they tore it down. Um, Shawn Michaels sold. A lot. He had to sell a lot for Ric Flair um, mm. to make him look really good. Because like Sean could have <coughs> whipped his ass in like two seconds if he wanted. If he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say probably the best match of Ric Flair's career. Oh, uh, absolutely. For for no other reason than because at least it wasn't the same match that he had been wrestling since the seventies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, Shawn Michaels hit. Uh, Rick Flair with a, a forearm, no, sorry, with a, a, a figure, a figure four, um, obviously, and, and he got out of that, uh, uh, shockingly, uh, you know, his own move. And then, yeah, I, I thought, uh, what I do think, you know, I don't like Rick Flair that at all that much, um, but I do respect him uh, after his dirty, dirty, dirty moves he did, he did in the ring. Like in this match, he. Uh, he did two things. One thing, he 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 went to the knees and of uh, HBK with a, a low a low blow to the knees, mm-hmm. as, he, as he did um, back in the day. And the ref did not see it. Uh, shockingly, he was doing something else. I don't know what he was doing. Um, and also, HBK got a a little uh, nut shot <laughs> from Ric Flair as well. Uh, yep, <laughs> that can't uh, uh, feel so so good. I don't think, but. Um, Sean Michaels did hit a few of uh, the switching musics to uh, Ric Flair. And then at the very end, which is the best part of the match, is when Ric Flair finally gets up. You see Sean Michaels almost crying. I was, I was laughing my ass off. And then <laughs> uh, he looks up at him with the eye, tears in his eyes or water, whatever is in there. He goes, Sorry, I love you. And then goes, <laughs> lights out. One, two, three. And then Shawn Michaels hugs him, and it's over. And then at the end of it, uh, Rick Rick Flair has his own his own um, send off, and 
he's fucking trying like a little bitch and, I, and all, that, the, all that good stuff. So it was fun. The, it was fun. The, the, the longest walk of shame I've ever seen in my life. Having to <laughs> no doubt. Go, about go up that probably 150 yard ramp. <laughs> well, you, you should have seen Undertaker's, uh, well, which we thought was his final match, but it, he's had several more since. So it was kind of a tainted event, but it was it was similar to that as well. One of the ones we had recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, where where uh, Ro- Roman Reigns put, put him down, and he thought then uh, then Taker put his gloves in the middle of the ring. We're like, oh shit, it's done. Well, no, he's been back a few times. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 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 yeah, but it's similar to to what Ric Flair did. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, yeah, we uh, we get to see to see his family ringside, and yep, we we get to see Charlotte twenty surgeries ago. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that she was completely unrecognizable. Absolutely, yeah. I was like, who um, is this person? Yeah, uh, but. Uh, Kind of an interesting little side note there, um, yeah. Because because she was there in attendance with her dad, and because um, Sasha Banks was was there in attendance with uh, her cousin Snoop Dogg, even though she was not seen on screen. Right. We we kind of had uh, we had half of the four horsewomen in the same place at the same time years before they even knew each other. That's fantastic. Yeah. It, it is. It is. It's uh, one of those interesting Wrestlemania factoids, kind of like how Edge was at Wrestlemania 6. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, and then we uh, we transition into an embarrassing match. Yep. Um, not not a high point for the women's division. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, 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 Probably, if nothing else, uh, a good indication as to why it took as long as it did for the the women's division to gain as much legitimacy and credibility as it has. Right. Because instead of a uh, a, a, a women's triple threat main event like we saw at WrestleMania 35 or... You know, instead of an all women's Royal Rumble, or instead of a uh, the first the first female Iron Man match, um, yes. you know these cool firsts that we're getting now, we get the Playboy Bunny Mania Lumberjill match. <laughs> and Masaru versus okay. Okay, who, who she was facing? Uh, Ashley Massaro, uh, another RIP there. Yep, yep. And uh, and Maria Canellis versus oh, right. oh, Beth Maria. Phoenix and uh, Molina. Oh, oh yeah. I honestly, I wanted to like skip this match because I was not entertained at all. I was like, <laughs> no, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of women from the the previous generation of 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 women's wrestling who I really have a lot of respect for, um, kind of taking taking part in a uh, in an awful match. Yeah. Um. You know, some of the some of the lumberjacks were you know people. Oh, sorry, the lumberjills 
where uh, yeah. where people like um, Victoria uh, uh-huh. and uh, Mickey James, pe- mm-hmm. people people who are 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 better than this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But at least I can say that um, the the right team prevailed. Yeah. Because uh, Malie, uh, Beth Phoenix obviously um, uh, did amazing things in her career. Uh, youngest Hall of Famer. Um, some some very legitimate matchups against some some tough guys. Even uh, yeah, she kissed uh, Rick Ali to win the Rumble. I know that. Yeah, it's on. All, it's always on uh, YouTube. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Beth Phoenix, probably of everyone in the match, the the best athlete, the best wrestler, the best person who takes it seriously. The Glamazon. Exactly. So, so I sure was glad to see her. You know, not lose to a couple of 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 glorified. You know, oh these these uh these girls look good. Let's throw them in matches. <laughs> Yeah, not not great wrestlers. No, dinners. yeah, not not at all. Um, and the uh, I mentioned the presence of Snoop Dogg didn't do anything to help legitimize this at all. No, he did not. Um, so mercifully, that was a five-minute affair where in which the lights went out at some point. And yes. So obvious, so obviously that I thought it was part of the storyline, but I don't think it was. No, but did you see that Snoop Dogg did kiss uh, Maria? I did see that, yeah, at the end. Uh, yeah. So so I guess that's her consolation prize for not winning the match. So she wins, and who knows where the, the match has been, so good luck to her. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, and we, we saw Jerry Lawler get involved when he knocked out Santino Morella. I can't stand... Uh, I, either of those guys, but yeah, Santino or Gary Waller. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're again, um, another situation where the, the hype to the match took longer than the match itself. (laughs) It kind of seems to be a theme this year. Yes. Yes. Uh, so then we go from that to, I would say probably the, the best pure wrestling match of the night. Mm-hmm. This would be the triple threat match between Randy Orton, John Cena, and Triple H. Oh, tremendous. Yeah. Um, probably, well, not, I won't say Triple H because this was kind of the, the twilight of his career, but um, three guys still in their primes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of high spots, a lot of near finishes. Uh, t- take us through this match. Well, this one actually may have fallen asleep on my on my couch, so maybe take it away as well. I I missed p- part of this match, unfortunately. Um, Randy Orton was the the defending champion going in. Yep, and uh, did not like his odds. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially because in, in but just by nature of the way a uh, triple threat match works. You don't even have to be in the ring to lose your title. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, Cena could have made Triple H tap, and that could have been the end of it through no fault of Randy Orton's. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but uh, I, I think we got to see just vintage from all of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. ev- everyone at one point or another hits their finisher. Um, yep, I saw that. Yeah, yep. yeah. A lot of pin breakups, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of submission breakup at one point, uh, just really good psychology where, uh, where Cena has Orton in a submission move and, uh, Triple H out of desperation breaks it up to keep the match going. Yep. Uh, you know, I would say seven out of ten times, I, I kind of know who's going to win a high pro match before the bell even rings. Yeah. But to this match's credit, I was in suspense start to finish. Yep. And I did not see Randy Orton walking out with his belt, but he did. He took the he sold the match at every angle because uh, Triple H, I think, or whoever was on Cena, and then. He knocked him out, whatever, and then he took, he took him out. So it, it was, it was a, a great heel met, heel ending for Randy Orton there. Yep, yep, good. Uh, we got to see the punt to the head. Oh, I missed that so much. Um, yes. Yeah, and uh, I got uh, we've seen recently on, on programming have been pretty ugly. <laughs> um, no, I haven't, really, I haven't really seen the – I don't watch Raw. I, just, I hear about it, though. That he uh, punted Rick Flair, I think, which is which is fantastic. That's that's great. He did in in back to back weeks. He punted Rick Flair and HBK. Oh no 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 no! Come on, Randy. <laughs> and well, and uh, and uh, Shawn Michaels being Shawn Michaels, going into business completely for himself, did not sell yep. the uh, did not sell the punt at all. <laughs> Um, but then no, the, uh, in the, 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 the raw that was in between SummerSlam and payback. Yeah. Um, where Randy Orton delivered two punts to, uh, Drew McIntyre. Um, I have not seen sloppier punts since like pop Warner football. (laughs) This is, these were oh, really? terrible punts. Yeah, I missed him by missed him by a yard at least. But uh, wow, concussion protocol. They have to be careful about this stuff. Dude. Absolutely, yeah. There's a reason why it, it was outlawed for many years. So yep, you know exactly. Um. So uh, then we're we're kind of at the home stretch here. There's two more matches. Yeah. One is uh. Probably, probably the uh, the the greatest middleweight boxer of all time, the <laughs> yeah. the undefeated Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. taking on a guy I like to refer to as the Freak Show. The Freak Show, yeah, yeah. Um, you 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 may have been watching wrestling at the time because I wasn't. What was I was? Yeah, it's my it's my era right here. Yeah. Okay, so why did this match happen? <laughs> Walk me well, through this. Yeah, so this is back when I, when I watch Raw every week. Now I don't because it's three hours long and it's hard to keep up with everything. But um, but yeah, so Floyd Mayweather's he's like he's top of the world and you know world champion. Uh, big show, big show is a big deal at the time too for some reason. Uh, <laughs> no way, you know, he's a big time player, and so 
big shows in the ring, cutting a promo about, you know, WrestleMania and all this stuff. Who wants to challenge me, all this stuff. Next thing you see, you see is, uh, you see uh, Floyd come out with, with his entourage of like what, 20 guys or whatever, and his gold chains around his neck and all this stuff. And he gets into to Big Show's face and says, I'll fight you. I'll fight you, you know? And then, you know, obviously uh, the, the Big Show shows us his fist. It always says the fist right right, right to his uh, to his face, you know, tend to show. And then next week after that, they cut, they cut some more promos about WrestleMania and and all this stuff, and they have uh, they have a a contract signing that does not go does not go well. Where Big Show flattens uh, the table of Mayweather <laughs> and and all uh, this stuff. And I, I've been watching them do contract signings in wrestling since the eighties, and I don't right. think I've ever seen one contract signing <laughs> where both people sign the contract and walk away. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no cordial sign the, the you know the that we've seen you know no. um but uh, but yeah so it's pretty much just a, a a talking of of the fist versus the gloves and and all this stuff and it basically it ends up being a no dq match obviously or a or Belfos brawl match or whatever you call it you know? texas death match hardcore <laughs> yeah so yeah so basically it's uh it's the big show versus this small tiny in comparison to the big show he's very tiny in stature and he's also a horrible human being but uh a great boxer nonetheless so so that's the backstory i i couldn't figure out for the life of me why the why this match was happening money 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i i have to imagine that uh that this was really either just a uh, a long infomercial for Mayweather, or yep. he must just be a hardcore fan at heart, and just wanted to to do this match for some fun. Because I was reading that he his payout per fight towards the towards that point in his career was about three hundred million dollars a match. Yeah, he's got money, and I I know that. Uh, there's a good chance I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon couldn't have paid him any more than one or two million for this right exhibition. So um, maybe, yeah, this, maybe just for good, good, you know, good entertainment. I get you know a good entertainment value. I guess for the people, the fans out there, want to see if he can actually beat the Big Show and, and all and all yeah. this stuff. You know, and and my understanding again, I I was checked out at this time and. Right. The, only, the only kind of reference point I have to what was happening at the time is what, what the commentators in the video packages told me. <laughs> right, yeah. But, um, I, I, I assume, or my understanding anyway, is that they were hyping this as um, a match where even though it had nothing to do with boxing, it was not sanctioned, it didn't happen in a boxing ring, that right. Floyd Mayweather was going to, if he lost this match, it was going to go on his permanent record. Right. <laughs> his right. defeated streak was going to be in jeopardy, even though it wasn't his sport of choice. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. I remember that. So, um, of course, he has to win. <laughs> of course, he has to win. But so now we go to the match. Um, you got Big Show comes out, you know, the big show, and he goes out. 
is in a very short time frame. No problem. Yeah. And then you have Floyd Mayweather and his crew. It takes like five minutes, ten minutes to get out to the ring because he has to walk and all get the cameras going and all the, the flat the selfies and all the bling bling and all this crap. And and finally he's in the ring and he takes off his, his robe, his boxing robe, and it's hilarious. He's, he's in boxing trunks and all this stuff, got his gloves and all this and all this stuff. So now the match is underway. And the, the, the big show roughs him up for a little bit, you know, punches him in the stomach and all that, and throws him around a little bit, roughs him up. And then, uh, a little while later, um, the big show t- takes a, a shot, a shot, a shot, you know, he's dazed a little bit. Um, but um, basically, at the very end, uh, the big show's like, he's, he's stumbling and, and, and uh, Floyd, Floyd finds a gold chain, wraps around his, his, his knuckles and cocks him right in the face and big show falls down and somehow he doesn't kick out of, of a small man on him and, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Floyd somehow is the champion over the big show, which is a very un- unrealistic, but uh, did, did definitely happen. It is, it is a record that he did win over the big show. <laughs> um, I, I watched this pay-per-view with my wife and yeah. uh, oh, we, nice. bo- we both commented that uh, once big show was on his knees, him and Floyd Mayweather were essentially the same height. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just a uh, definitely an exhibition all around. I mean, we've exactly. we've seen we've seen other matches where people from another sport would would fight a wrestler. Um, yep. Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow comes to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman versus Dallas Page comes to mind. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I would rank this one somewhere in the middle of those. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But that kind of sets the stage for our main event. Yeah. Uh, Champion Edge, Undertaker, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back when, when the streak was still very much alive. Yeah. And uh, you know it's it's a shame that I knew in advance that the streak didn't end here. Right. Um, because yeah. because I mean kind of anticlimactic to watch it for the first time, but know yeah. for certain who's gonna win the main event. Sure. And I mean this could have been one of those years where I, I think if they would have had somebody like Edge break the streak i think it would have i think people would have respected that a lot more than than who actually ended up breaking the streak rock lesnar yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um you know perhaps again i didn't have the benefit of watching at the time but right. i i can i can honestly say that that might have been one of those years where i really didn't know who was going to win yeah, I thought he was going to win this match, uh, Edge, when it, came, when it was actually happening. But, you know, it didn't happen that way. It, it didn't. Um, and kind of an unconventional match for The Undertaker, I would say. Right. Now, I will give you the heads up, the go-ahead, because you're, you are you love Edge, you love Canadians. I'll let you break down the match. But I, I, I will say this, though. Um, I love the very end of the match where, where Edge – takes he's, he's he's about to, to die not die but lose but he sure. takes, 
he took his hand into the, the the slit over his neck like he like HBK did before and all this stuff. So rushed and th- and then he goes in for it and then he gets uh the tombstone and he's he's uh he's done. But yeah, I'll let you uh go ahead into the match because you look you love Edge and you, you yeah great great. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I, I do like the Canadian wrestlers, but I was never a very big Edge fan. Really? Um, no, but uh, but he's one of those guys who's. Whose athleticism I completely respect. I think he's, yeah. I, I, I think he's a top ten, probably on most people's list of of pure yep. wrestlers, especially from from the period in which he he competed. Right. Um, yeah, great in ring performer, great promo. Um, you know, some of <laughs> some of his his uh, ladders and TLC oh. matches were Incredible. were the stuff of legends. But yep. um, yeah, I I wasn't as big an Edge fan as I was say a Jericho or a, mm. a Hart or a, a Trish Stratus even <laughs> a, a Lance Storm. But um, oh my god, yeah. oh my god, definitely though from my my uh, my style of 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 wrestling and um, right. but yeah, I mean a a, a good. You know, solid twenty-plus minute match. Uh, very seesaw. Yeah. Um. You see a lot of the uh, the the finishers hit. Um. I think Undertaker took a few spears that night. He sure did. And uh, and and good ones, solid ones. Um. You know the the thing about the Undertaker is um. He for someone who kind of made a career out of intentionally not not uh, you know because there's people who don't sell out of disrespect for their their opponent and then there's people who don't sell because it's supposed to be their character and undertaker you know made a career out of not selling because he was supposed to be indestructible um undertaker appropriately sold every spear he took he sure did. Um, you know, and, and it, you know, this was, it's it's funny to say this knowing that it was, that it was 12 years ago, but I mean, he, it, right. even at this point, he was kind of nearing the end of his career. Yep. This was kind of in that time frame when Taker only really wrestled once a year and it was at the, the big show. Yep. Yep. So, uh, you know, you, you, you knew that this wasn't the indestructible Undertaker of 1992. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So, I mean, he, he was starting to, and he had already been through the American badass character and back to his goth character. So, I mean, you know, he, we, we knew he was human now. Um, so, no, I think, I think he did a fantastic job of, of, looking like he was maybe this was going to be the the end of the streak maybe he was going to use lose to the younger more technically gifted guy and then i don't know where he didn't
the song as well. The song is, is, is great. So yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, just just everything as far as the production and like, yeah, the fireworks, the promos, the mm -hmm. um, just next level. And this is probably kind of one of the first times they did that in a in a stadium setting. Yeah. All right. So uh, so so take it home. Close us out. All right. I just want to say. uh Fuck Ric Flair and Swaggle. <laughs> and that is probably all I have to say <laughs> about uh, about WrestleMania 24 because that's the thing I think away is the, is the loss the loss of uh, Ric Flair is just is the best thing for me, you know. Um, but as far as that itself, I'm I just it was uh, HBK's my favorite, favorite all time favorite wrestler of all time, no doubt about it. And I just love to see him uh, take take down a legend like that. And plus, they're great friends. Off, they're great friends off camera. Off camera, and so um, that was had had to be hard for HBK to, to get that done. Um, but beyond beyond that, though, I, I just love seeing Hornswoggle get, get his uh, asshole beat by by GBL, which is fantastic. But, but you, you and I have have commented on this before about career matches too. So yeah, probably yeah. probably softened the blow for Sean knowing that Rick was going to be back in a few months anyway. <laughs> exactly, because like you say, oh he's he's back uh, with WWE, but he's not a wrestler. He's a he's a personality or something. Um, but I, I believe not long after this, Ric Flair turned up in TNA as a wrestler again. Right, so, so he's done with the WWE, but he's, not, he's down to the mm. TNA ranks and wrestle there, I guess. Sure, where, uh, where old wrestlers go to die. Exactly. All right. Well, this was a fun podcast, the hour and 24 minutes for, for, for good stuff, nostalgia and all that. And um, hopefully we get you back on to talk about uh, maybe some true crime down the road. I, I like it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah, definitely. All right. See ya. Thank you. Yep.